Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress and passionate Animal Crossing player, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate and passionate Animal Crossing player. I'm Simone de Rochefort, passionate Animal Crossing player. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What a show we have for you today. We're going to give you like a nice grab bag of topics, and most of them are going to be fun as heck. Um, apologies, as with last week, for um, my audio quality. Hopefully you can hear me all right. It might be a little fuzzy. That's because I'm still recording with my little travel mic uh, from my quarantine B&B, which I'm leaving on Saturday. So next week, I'll be back in my home where I will stay for the next Two to six months. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's bad enough in like a nice house in the Massachusetts suburbs. I can only imagine how bad this would be in a New York apartment. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. At least I can walk to the grocery store. This is true. This is true. Yeah, no. Um, our apartment is significantly larger than the one that we had in Brooklyn and... Uh, we have lots of things close by, and Grant has a car, so we have options. That's but yeah, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling like it's, and I'm not even somebody who likes to go outside that much. Like I'm not one of those people, and I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of over the whole staying indoors. I've thing. never wanted to go outside more than I have this past week, and I, I mean, I think that's how everyone is feeling, which again is why it's important that we stay inside. Uh, <laughs> but I understand <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a competition to see who can stay inside the longest. I think Bree oh, is winning right now. I, I would win that probably. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. winning. I'm ahead of you, Simone, because it's been since, I guess... It's been one Wednesday. Week. Well, yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Not, not, that took me a second, but that is that is very good. I, I appreciate the, the Bare Naked Ladies reference there. Thank you. You're welcome. That was good. Uh, anyway, oh, wow, let's get into it. We're going to start with some iPad Pro reviews today. We talked about uh, the imminence of it last week, but this week we're getting into the reviews. Then we're going to talk about freaking Animal Crossing. Then we're going to talk yeah. about some of the ways that 3D printing uh, is helping deal with the pandemic that we're experiencing right now. And then we are going to give you, at the end of the show, in the place of our regular dessert segment, we are going to give you some dope recommendations for ways that you can spend your time inside again for the next two to six months. So let's get into those iPad Pro reviews. Um, so iPod. <laughs> also 3D masks. Don't forget that. I did. Yeah, I no, said she, that. She, she said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I'm already losing my mind, y'all. Yeah. In retaliation, terrible. would you like to intro oh. the iPad Pro review segment? Yeah, it's uh, it's an iterative. Uh, so there's a new iPad Pro out. Apple sort of stealth released it. We talked about it last uh, week. Uh, they uh, what's interesting is the keyboard, the the feature most people are, are waiting for, the really upgraded uh, uh, Magic Keyboard with backlit keys and better uh, key design and most importantly, a trackpad, that is not released uh, with anyone. You do have some reviewers that kind of hacked it and <laughs> linked their trackpad up, their magic trackpad up to it. But um, for the most part, people have been stuck uh, reviewing what is pretty much an, a good but iterative design. Yeah, it kind of seems like, like aside from the improved camera and just general processing upgrades, there's not much to say about the new iPad Pro other than, hey, 
that's an iteration on the iPad, which kind of brings back to our conversation last week about, well, what do you do if you if you have an old one? Probably not you the time it. to upgrade. You keep that. Keep um, yeah. And you wait for that keyboard to come out. And then we learn about that. We read reviews of the keyboard. <laughs> we find out how we feel. Um, and if you don't have one, but now is the time that you're choosing to get into iPads, uh, you better pray that they're not sold out like every other piece of technology I've tried to buy this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's interesting because like last week I even said I was like, yeah, this seems like just looking at the specs. I was like, other than the, the camera, the LiDAR stuff, which honestly, I think has limited widespread appeal. This seemed like an iterative upgrade. And I think that's fine. Like I would rather mm-hmm. than come out with something every year to 18 months um, and have the TikTok cycle here. Because when you talk about like how much these cost, I, I'm going to be honest, uh, very selfishly, I'm happy that I do not need to buy a new iPad Pro yep. um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm thirteen to $1,500. I think I spent $1,500 on mine by the time I was uh, all said and done. And I don't, I don't even have the one terabyte version. Um, I just have the one that has, or, or 512 gigabytes. I just have like the 256. But with the LTE and tax and, and Apple Care, you know, it's an expensive device. So Apple Pencil. So I think this is iterative, which is just fine. It's interesting that it is the A12 Bionic Z chip. So it is not using the A13, which the latest iPhones use uh, hmm. for whatever reason. And, and the, the last iPad Pro was, was the A12 Bionic X or whatever. And so it's apparently better. And the, the synthetic benchmarks do show that there is... Very slight improvement. Uh, apparently, like this is undocumented, but maybe the actual amount of RAM that all the units have is now the same as what only the highest like uh, uh, storage capacity units had before. But that's really the only big thing. Um, yeah. What do you think? Well, Sorry, regarding just that that speed question, uh, I know in Dieter's review on The Verge, he mentioned that he definitely. The, he didn't see any slowdowns on this model of the iPad, but he also didn't see them on his previous model as well. So it kind of, I think it kind of depends on what you're doing, whether you'll notice any kind of improved, um, improved uh, functioning there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the, the way that the, um, like all the synthetic benchmarks have gone and just like the way that the chips are, it's, you're probably going to see very, very minimal like uh, uh, improvements, which is fine. Um, I think the, the bigger thing here is iOS 13.4 was released, and that is available to people who have the existing iPad uh, Pros and, and other iPads as well, which brings the mouse pointer support. I have not hooked up my Magic Trackpad to my iPad yet. I'll do that after the show. But uh, I think this is obviously going to be like, this is like phase one of this support, and we will see the much broader you know, like, uh, um, you know, a cursor support in um, iOS 14. So, Christy, I want to return to something you were talking about, which you were really glad to see this wasn't something you needed to buy a new iPad from. I feel like the the tech industry keeps wanting every single year when Apple updates their stuff, it to be like a, a it, it to justify uh, like that yearly upgrade, right? Yeah. And, you know, the truth is, even for the iPhone, it's moved beyond like a two-year upgrade to really more like a a three- to four-year upgrade for most people. And the iPad is certainly in that in that space where it's three to five years. So yeah. I'm with you. Um, I don't know if this is a professional use case, but as it turns out, my, my most common uh, current application for the iPad Pro 
is to watch Netflix as I'm uh, eating Cheetos on the couch playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> so uh, same, I, I same. Don't, yeah, very, but I do it in a professional way. So um, I'm just saying I'm glad I don't need to do that this year. Uh, also, uh, Rene Ritchie's review over I'm More, I thought he, he really went in depth with it and, and really pieced out which parts of the iPhone they don't have and which ones they do. So we don't have the OLED screen uh, for this new version. I have to be honest, I've never once looked at my iPad screen and gone, I wish this looked as good as my iPhone screen. I've just never had that thought. But no, it's not that quality uh, display in it. The camera is also this last-gen camera. Don't let the uh, the the kind of sh- square shape of the camera on the back fool you. Ugh. It is uh, you're not getting the full money. Um, uh, and the other thing that I I I I am personally not that into AR on my iPad, but he showed the lidar capabilities and how great they are. And I have to say, it's if you haven't seen his video, it's a really really compelling use case. Like he is finally measuring the edge of a table. He is putting up virtual walls in the room he's recording in, in a way that it doesn't look photorealistic, but it's, it's a really believable simulation. So, okay. Yeah. Let me push back one second on that. Please, though. Please, like that's, please. That, yeah. that's certainly really interesting. And I think the demo is great. How often realistically do you Never. think any, it, right, right. No. no, I mean, you were, you were going to use that maybe once, maybe twice. You might have a couple of uh, there might be people who have, for professional purposes, like the need to do that, and and that's what we've had with with augmented reality stuff before for kind of enterprise and industrial use cases. In that case, I would guess they're probably going to be using custom apps, yep. which hopefully people will build for this. But yeah, I just want to say like that's a great demo. But I, you know, we criticize Samsung, I think, correctly for often showing off all these amazing things people can do with their apps. And I don't want to criticize Apple for this because I think the technology has a lot of potential, especially if we see some uh, glasses or, or some other sort of wearable accessory. But, you know, anybody who's looking at like wanting to buy one of these things, unless you have some like edge, edge, edge case scenario where this is going to change your life, I think most people are going to be using this as either a laptop replacement or like you and I, which is to watch Netflix while we're playing Animal Crossing. Yeah. No, 100%. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, Absolutely not saying anyone should go buy it based on this capability. Yeah, I think this is the fundamental problem with the iPad Pro, right? Like they have these features that could be pro, but they don't bring along the applications that that use it. If Apple was shipping this with a LiDAR thing that would say, I don't know, uh, scan 3D objects in a way that let you uh, export it to a universal FBX or OBJ Mm -hmm. format for 3D, that would be a really interesting use case that you could do some cool stuff with. It's not going to ship with that. And you and I both know that waiting on the app store to bring pro apps out to do that is a fool's errand. So, um, but I, I do think it's like, it's like 3d touch maybe like they do it and it'll be helpful for some people, but not for most, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the, the question still remains for me of whether, I mean, Christina, you just called it a laptop replacement. Um, at the, price that it is, it really depends on the very specific uses that people have for it. And maybe the AR stuff is the thing that pushes it, pushes people towards using this to replace a laptop rather than just buying a, a cheaper laptop, a regular lap, lap sitting laptop. But um, I don't know. Do you guys have any final thoughts about that? 
Uh, I am going to buy the Magic Try keyboard when it comes out. I think that will be very interesting. I we'll cannot keep you up to wait date to review that. or not to yep. review that Same. myself. Ha, ha, ha. That, yeah, I think that that's really what we're waiting for. You're going to buy one, right, Christina? You're going to buy it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think that, I mean, we've pretty much said all we can about this iteration of the iPad. And what we're really waiting for is to see if the keyboard is everything that it's promised. And then maybe that boosts the value of this particular product. We shall see. We shall see. Allow me to paste some links into my document. Don't mind me. Don't mind my loud, loud keyboard sounds. (laughs) Whoa. It's, hey, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, don't we? But did you know it can take your TV watching to the next level by unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? That means you can use ExpressVPN to binge on Doctor Who or Star Trek on the UK Netflix. It's really simple. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app and change your location to the UK. Then refresh, refresh, refresh. You can't do that. You can refresh it though. And that's it. Refresh Netflix. And that's it. That's the full sentence. ExpressVPN <laughs> hides your IP address so you can control where you want sites to think you're located and you can choose from almost 100 different countries. Just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. What secrets do they have on other Netflix? You can find Hmm. out. If you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix, but it's not just Netflix. Hey, you can find all the streaming secrets out there, all the Easter eggs. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. I wonder if it would work with Acorn because the Miss Fisher movie is out this week and I really need to watch it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. No buffering, no lag, and you can stream in HD depending on what's up with those... uh, (laughs) I guess quality dips because of the strain of the internet because of COVID-19. However, no buffering, no lag. That's dope. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. What? That's nuts. So you can watch what you want, wherever you want, such as bed, couch. (laughs) That rules. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this product just because mostly because it's so easy to use. Um, it just really makes it it's self-explanatory how to make it work. And then you can tell when it's working. <laughs> um, and yeah, I used it when I was in Italy last uh, summer. And I enjoyed it very much to watch the HBO Go programs that are available in my own country of the United States. Treasure those memories, Simone. Um, I will. No, I, I just want to also say, uh, you know, we we deliberately turned, we thought the Rocket listeners needed a fun show this week, but we turned down a lot of scary topics about ways your data is being used um, right now. I think it's very reasonable for people where your privacy is going to go out the window. There was a, a, a thing that came out today there are people who are aggregating mass social media data and giving different states a uh, a grade versus how well we were socially uh, distancing. Massachusetts got an A, but it's also scary how they're using that data. I think if you are not protecting your privacy, now would be a really damn good time to start thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're, we're all working from home now and, or, you know, so yeah, it's a really good time to be using some sort of, of, of VPN to just, 
whether you're wanting to watch Netflix, protect your privacy, or um, have a way of kind of, you know, making sure that information you're sending, if you don't have a corporate VPN, is going to be safe. It's, it's good stuff. Use a VPN always, but especially now. Well, if you think that this is a good idea, you can go to this link right now. That is expressvpn.com slash rockets. You can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Support this show, watch the things you want to watch, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash rockets. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Hey, yo. So for the last probably month, people have been begging Nintendo to release Animal Crossing New Horizons. And Nintendo finally released Animal Crossing New Horizons on the day that they had announced they would release Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> it is out now for the Nintendo Switch. It came out on Friday, March 20th. And it has, you. if you have Twitter at all, you have probably seen pictures or GIFs or videos of it. If you've logged onto Polygon.com, as I do often <laughs> during my day, you've probably seen about 50 articles and 49 of them were written by Patricia Hernandez, who is truly <laughs> prolific. But this is the perfect game for the absolute perfect time. Um, if you're not familiar with the Animal Crossing series, you basically are a little human who moves to a new town full of animals who are varying degrees of friendly to you. And mm. all you do is dig up, uh, catch bugs, catch fish, collect resources, decorate your house, and befriend animals. And conveniently, um, one of the features of this new one is that with a Nintendo Online account, you can pop over to visit the islands of your friends, your friends in real life, who you can no longer visit in the <laughs> flesh world. Um, and I think a lot of wonderful moments have come from that. But I want to open the floor up to you guys to tell me about Animal Crossing. Okay, so I haven't played Animal Crossing in I don't know how many years. It's been a really, really long time. It's probably been a decade, right? Like at least. And this is exactly the sort of game that I needed right now. And it's so interesting because as you said, Simone, you know, Twitter has been going nuts about this. And I've had so many people who've just been asking, like, who've never played this before. Okay, what is this? What do I need to know? And I'm like, okay, all you need to know is that this is the game we need right now. Like this is yep. the distraction we need. This is what we this is what we want. And that's completely true. I think that um, you know, there are some um, it's it's a uh, you know it's a grinding game. You do the same kind of tasks over and over again to earn you know money and um, you know points and things you can exchange to kind of build out your little village or in this case your island. Uh, like like you were saying, Simone, you know to to uh, you know decorate your house or or uh, design clothes or design art and other things. But the online component here is really cool. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember, because like I said, it's been a really long time since I did this. Is this the first Animal Crossing where there's been an online component? I don't believe so, but I'm going to find out for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, but I feel like that's the least compelling part of the game. I mean, have oh, you agreed? done it yet? Yeah. I have. It, it, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard to do, I will because it's Nintendo. Uh, right. and, and Nintendo online stuff you know multiplayer online thing isn't great to be totally honest yes but new yeah, leaf we, had online play sorry okay 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, the way that it works is basically there's like an airport that is located on your island and you can open your gates up either using a code that people will enter in. So you could open up to anybody to come visit or you can have um, just people who are on your switch online um, uh, switch uh, list to come in. You can also set things up where you can designate people as best friends and they can actually like ravage your island and and, and kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> take things from you and to... to the, ostensibly to improve their own gameplay, but as some of the Polygon articles have pointed out, or, or The Verge, I think it was, you can also kind of, you could be, you know, a real jerk to to the, your friends who who invite you over to their island. Um, but uh, no, I mean, you know, the on, I'm with you. Like, the online component is, is so far, at least to me, like the least interesting part although i, I have not completely disagree but we continue really? finish your well, thought well, well, no, well i, I was gonna say why you think no, i wouldn't hear that too but i was gonna say for me right so far anyways it's not interesting but i also have to say i have not played it on like a local like network that i think might be different like if you had you know people at the same time doing stuff i haven't had that interaction but the game itself i mean it's it's really fun it's it's a grind game it's a little bit like Harvest Moon or Farmville, you know, if you've played the games before, it's it they've added some some um, you know, uh some things, but I mean, it's a really good distraction. I I just really enjoy going fishing right now and distracting yep. myself from everything else. So, I absolutely love it because my my I mean, my first online experience was going to my coworker Julia Lee's island. She has a review copy of the game or rather she has a regular copy of the game. She got it like 3 weeks early. To review nice so me and a bunch of my co-workers went over to her island um and we all saw a kk slider concert together and it was just like what like everyone was bringing gifts and dropping gifts uh we've been having just a ton of cooperation between those of us who have the game like we're arranging swap meets um we're tracking turnip prices so that we can sell turnips at their high points I went over to my uh, coworker Russ's island the other day because he had a flapper dress to give me. And I went into <laughs> his store there and he had so many good clothes. And I spent like 5,000 bells, uh, which are the fictional currency, on so many clothes, you guys. <laughs> so huh. many clothes. And like, and my friend Taylor came over to my island at the same time my friend Morgan was there. And Morgan gave me an ocarina. And then we both ran around nice. blowing our ocarinas at Taylor and annoying the crap out of her. Um, so I just all the experiences I've had have been so cute and also just so delightful. Um, and it has it's very slow and weird in the way that I think Nintendo's online experiences can be like the experience of loading in or loading out of a, someone else's island is excruciating. Yes. Um, but the actual moment to moment experience of playing with other people on their island or on my island is really really lovely i think yeah i mean you know i haven't had a whole bunch of experience with this i think if i and and we we have not been switch friends until uh we will be after this show so i want to visit your (laughs) island i think that that might be worried about by the way laying simone onto my island (laughs) (laughs) you think i I need your your poultry trees i have every kind of steal my rocks for iron I ore. would That's steal your I rocks. Think. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, the, the rocks <laughs> and, and, and the, the um, like the, the pieces of uh, um, uh, ore or whatever, like, the, um, but yeah, I, um, 
I haven't, so I haven't played on as many other people's thing. All, all the people are inviting me. And also I think you were at a massive advantage that you had somebody who had it for three weeks. So it was like really far ahead in terms of like all the stuff that they'd amassed. That said, like, you know, we're, we're here, as you said, two to six months. Like, I think that we all have an opportunity to get to know each other more and to participate in that. I mean, it, it's a really cute idea. Uh, I think, uh, obviously it's, it does show, I, I, I will say the limits of Nintendo's online strategy. Like it's, it's really clear because as fun as that it, what you're talking about is and how cool that would be. There's also like a certain thing where you're like, Oh, this, if, if things were just a little bit different, this could go so much further and be so much better, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But that said, like, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of anything at all. I mean, like everyone else, I played this a bit on GameCube. It just wasn't really something that really clicked with me. And I played the iOS version. And I played the 3DS version a bit. Um, this time, it's it's really weird because I'm not... It, there's nothing fundamental that's changed about the gameplay. Like the resolution's a little bit different, but the the loop of the game is dead identical to the mm-hmm. way it has been. That said, I'm having such a freaking blast with this. It's I play it every bed night before I go to bed. It's the first thing I do when I get up. Uh, you know, um, Frank, this is the best thing. Like, uh, again, Frank to like grind for me because he loves fishing too. He's like, I saw you playing this. I thought it was dumb. It is so relaxing. And it's, it's, it's just the, there could not be a more perfect game than this right now. You mm-hmm. know no, what I mean? You're right. No, it's it's wholesome. It's good. It doesn't take a lot of energy and a lot of things to think about. It's open-ended insofar as like, yes, there are things that you need to accomplish, but if you don't do them, there aren't any consequences. It's it's really, really good. My only critique, I have two. One, what the hell, Nintendo, the lack of cloud uh, game saves. Oh. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm apoplectic about that because I have two um, switches. I have my Switch and my Switch Lite. And two, this underscores to me again, like, okay, I get it. I'm not saying that if I buy the game once, I should be able to use it on all of my devices at the same time. I'm, I'm not making that argument. It would be nice if there was, especially since everybody is cooped up, if there was like a discount, because Nintendo knows that you've registered your account to a piece of hardware. And if they said, hey, we'll give you a 50% discount or even a 20% discount on a second copy of this game so that your husband can also play. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the way that this has worked for couples is definitely something to critique. So the way that the game works, as Christina said, it saves to the device. So no matter how many accounts you have on a Nintendo Switch, the the secondary and thirdary and fourthary, as we say here in the United States, people who play Animal Crossing will be playing on the primary player's island. So I have a lot of friends and coworkers who are in couples where one person has started the island and then the other person, their progression is really hampered because they can't do the major, the major milestones, the primary person has to do those. And you, even on your profile on a Nintendo Switch, you can't start a new game, essentially. So it's very, it's very strange. I believe that's connected to the reason that you can't do cloud saves, which is, again, it's 2020. It's nuts to me. Um, fortunately, I'm very alone. 
deeply alone. So this has not affected me, but it has affected millions. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like you said, I do wish that there were, I don't know, a cloud save so you could play it on your second Switch or so that again, um, or or a discount so that again, your partner could have their own island on their second Switch. Um, That said, this is doing bonker sales numbers for Nintendo. So congratulations. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, So just one more thing. I want to tell everyone out there, don't make the same mistake I did. And thank God for Julia over at Polygon. (laughs) She saved me from throwing this damn game out the window. So I made the mistake. I kind of did the the gamer thing. I sped past all the (gasps) tutorials super quickly. Oh no. I thought that you had to eat a cherry (gasps) to hit a rock. Oh no. And to get the iron ore out. So for my first three hours of this game, I burned through all the rocks on my island, and then I'm like using Nook Miles to like go fly and do tickets, and I'm just go going through Nook Miles like hoping to get one iron ore for that first thirty that you need. And then thank God I read her article and found out you shouldn't eat food before hitting the rocks because then if you use her exploit, you can get nine of them. So (laughs) don't live like Brianna. Save those rocks. Cherish them. Love those rocks. And did you learn, <laughs> of course, the valuable way to get rid of the fruit buff? No. How? You can make a toilet and sit on it and what? poop it. And you can poop it out. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> There's a guide to it. I'll send it to you guys. Um, but yeah. I saw that story and I was like, you can poop an Animal Crossing. I'm like, I'm not clicking that link. <laughs> I <don't laughs> totally. Wanna know. I don't want to know. I'm happy. I've got you... enough st- to stress right now. Don't want to know. You listen, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but with a history like mine, being able to poop in a video game is important to me, Bree. So I just wish you would see my perspective and understand. Okay. I mean, Actually, I'm very excited yeah. about having pooping in Animal Crossing. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I think that's great. I am also slightly disturbed, but also I'm always, I'm like, I'm 12 years old forever. So yeah, I'm. Yeah. Excited, but slightly disturbed. Good episode title. All right. That's Animal Crossing. I'll, I'll drop some links in the show notes for y'all. Now, uh, our next story is one that Brie also brought to my attention, which is about the potential or the rather the shortage of the N95 masks for healthcare yep. workers and yep. the potential of 3D printing them. Yes. So Rocket Listers is a fun story. We're not going to stress you out further. (laughs) But this is actually, this is a really, really interesting problem. So uh, about 9 million people uh, started tweeting, emailing me, texting me this week after, uh, I believe it's the the head of Brigham Young's, uh, a very prestigious hospital here in Massachusetts, uh, put out a call for people to 3D print uh, N95 masks. Uh, if you don't know, N95 masks live up to a certain standard. Uh, ha- uh, healthcare workers use it. Uh, I use them very often when I'm sanding a car, trying to paint it or get rust off it, anything that puts particulates out there. N95 is like the baseline standard of what you need to to breathe safely. Uh, it won't protect you from harmful gases, but will generally protect you from harmful particulates. So I start looking at this, and I wanted to make this a topic because there's a ton of misinformation out there about how you can 3D print masks. So to be very clear, if you don't have specialized uh, 3D filament, uh, you cannot 3D print masks. Uh, You need a very uh, specific antimicrobial filament. 
Um, also, another problem is uh, the part of it you breathe through. There's a soft material you have to use. Some people are actually chopping up bits of N95 masks. Some people are using HEPA filters. But uh, there's basically a slot in this mask that you 3D print to put it uh, there, oh. and then you can breathe through it. Um, another problem with the 3D printed masks are, are the seals. Um, most uh, There are all kinds of different uh, 3D printing filaments. You have ABS, you have PLA. Uh, there, there are different standards of rigidity and flexibility. But long story short... Uh, and um, an N95 NAS mask is light enough that the rubber band will make it adhere to your face. PLA plastic, it will just pop off your face, and then you're you're breathing through the sides, and then breathing in uh, bacteria That's and no viruses. Good. That is no good. Um, so I want to tell everybody about something Frank and I are working on. Um, so one of the the companies advertising. Uh, that they actually put out a prototype of one of these N97, N95 3D printable masks uh, is they, they produce this very specialized 3D filament that has a bit of copper in it. And in case you don't know this, uh, copper is antimicrobial, meaning it's not a foment, meaning uh, viruses and bacteria won't, won't stick to it. Normally, if I have coronavirus and I touch a table, uh, the coronavirus could live there up to five days. Um, if you have a copper material, it won't adhere to it. It will just kind of basically fall off and it's safer. So what uh, Frank and I are doing, because he has a PhD in bacterial genetics, we're going to actually put this through its paces. We're going to oh find God. out, is this, a, is this a one of these tech industry fake things that uh, we're putting out and we say it works like Theranos style? Or does this really work? So Frank and I ordered an incubator. We have the filament sitting in our house. We have specialized uh, bacterial uh, growing solution. So we are going to uh, you know, print a control group, uh, a normal piece of PLA plastic, and we're going to try this filament. We're going to sterilize it with my phone uh, soap UV light ray <laughs> thing that will kill all bacteria and viruses on a surface. And then we're going to try growing bacteria on this surface. And no matter what happens here, I think it will give us a good baseline to know if this material that they are advertising as being, you know, M95 capable, if it's actually antimicrobial. I actually want to prove that before 3D printing something out for health professionals. And just one more thing, and I'll let you all chime in. So we are, um, this is a personal thing, um, but we are going to get a bigger uh, printer. 3D printer to do all these experiments with. Uh, I use Lulzbot, and I was so delighted today that when I called Lulzbot and told them what I was doing <laughs> with it, Zach picked up the phone, and he is a rocket lister oh and my was very, very nice to me and patched me through to the Lulzbot president, and I had a great conversation. So thank you, Zach, for listening to Rocket. You That's are amazing. so cool. <laughs> thank you, Zach. That's amazing. Yep. I had yep. no idea that's what this story was going to be about, and I think that it, yep. that is such a good way to both like use your brain and your time while you're in quarantine and also like genuinely do something that could be helpful or and that will be at least educational and helpful um even if it turns out to not work like that's good data we're going to shoot a video about it and i think it's i think it's a really fair question if someone is claiming this has health benefits i mean Obviously, what we're doing is not laboratory standard, but for a woman cooped up in her house, you gotta Frank do what doing, you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can show if it's wildly untrue, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, um, another thing I wanted to mention is uh, when I talked to Zach at Lulzbot today, he flat out told me that they were emphasizing more the uh, face shield design. So uh, a face shield is, it's basically a big, if you've ever been to the dentist, this is what they do. It's this big shield that comes down with a very clear, flimsy plastic in front of your face. And it basically just blocks viruses, spit, cough, all that stuff from hitting you. Um, so we're also going to experiment with that. Oh, that's but, I fun. Mean, and then you can yeah, send Chris- one to me so I can get home, right? Yes, we will do that for you immediately. Christina, did you have any thoughts on that at all? No, I mean, I think this is great. And I read something, you know, I, I've seen some things on Hacker News and some other things about people successfully um, uh, 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 3D printing, not stuff for N95 masks, but for like, I guess, parts for ventilators, yep. uh, like like valves or whatever, which I thought was really interesting. But I think this is fantastic. And I love that you're trying this out. Like you said, it's not going to be like an official scientific thing, but you'll be able to put it through its paces. It's better than nothing. It's good information. Um, and actually, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Um, like I think mold injection and things like that is obviously like way faster and, and would be better. But in the absence of being able to do that, like just knowing that we could be able to potentially like, because many people have 3d printers and if you have the right types of filament, the fact that we could, you know, help contribute to, um, at the very least making it possible so that people, uh, you know, can who need mass, you know, might might uh, be able to get them more quickly. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, there's another story that came out of Boston this week that there's a, a team of uh, doctors here in Boston. Uh, this is not Theranos' idea. This is a real FDA approved thing. They are going to uh, release some designs online where you can 3D print ventilators and run, I assume, something like an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi on it. And uh, they're they're basically going to open source this to have people able to 3D print and help this ventilator shortage. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's a lot of why we're getting this lull spot. I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to help in this crisis, but I I can see it being a useful tool. If that makes sense. A lot of what I was uh, the Atlantic put out a wonderful piece today called "How the Pandemic Will End" by Ed Yong. And a lot of what he talked about in that piece was about the supply chain problems that the medical industry has and how, like, because the that wartime order to order all manufacturing companies to produce medical supplies hasn't been enforced <laughs> because uh, because of horrible the government. <laughs> um, so, yeah, getting those supplies um, to hospitals is one of the most difficult things right now. And I, I think that... This is one way, potentially, with experimentation and rigor. Um, it's a good way to kind of democratize the process of, in this emergency that we're in, making parts for devices that can be used to save lives. So, dope. Yep. dope. Um, Timestamp oh, for me. Oh, you said the S word. I, oh, I I'm so sorry. It's on to our can final topic. I just topic. note now that yeah. I've friended all three of you on, on all of us are now friends on Switch. We all have the exact same pose on Switch. It's just like we're arms are out. That's and, like, ah. do we? <laughs> and Simone, yours has the funniest eyes I've ever seen. Yeah, your, really your eyes are like, I saw that. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's <laughs> Making that's okay. me's of myself is my secret talent. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. It's on to our final topic of the day which is recommendations for things to do. Obviously, we've kind of already had one, which is Animal Crossing. Um, But listen, if you don't have a Switch, guess what? It's impossible to get one right now. They are so, they are sold out literally everywhere. So 
let's talk about some other recommendations uh, for things that people can do with their time. I don't mind starting if you guys go ahead. Don't have anything Please. pressing. Um, guess what? It's not Pokemon Go. So we have been playing <laughs> this game at Polygon called Subterfuge. Have you guys heard of it? No. No. All right. It is a a mobile game. It's an app. And uh, basically, you set up a game with several of your friends, and you each have a select group of outposts. And you're basically jockeying to build up enough drillers at those outposts to mine for a resource called Neptunium, while also potentially fighting with the other people that you're playing with to take over their outposts or their mines or their electrical generators. Um, but it's all happening not not quickly, not quickly. Um, it can take something like, depending on how far away an outpost is from the one you're coming from, it can take like four hours to 30 hours for the subs to get there. So it, it has created this intense situation where... You know, you can see far off in the distance if someone is coming to take your outpost and kind of maneuver. But you're also running against the clock because, you know, your subs are also incredibly slow. Um, So it it plays out. We've been playing it since Friday. It generally takes maybe a week or so for a game to wrap. But it started off like it's just become this slow burn, incredible strategy mind game that I am having an absolute meltdown over. Um, Because of course I'm playing with my coworkers and there's also a chat function in the game. So you can basically form alliances or Hmm. betray the alliances Mm. that you have formed. There's no mechanical thing of like, oh, we're allied now. I'm not going to attack you. It's literally just going on your word. Like, oh yeah, I'm not going to, don't worry. I'm moving my troops. I'm moving my drillers (laughs) here because I'm going to, take this other person's outpost, not your outpost. No, no, no. Um, and it, it's, it's very strategic. It's very stressful, but it is really just a good way to absorb all my brain power right now. And I really enjoy it. Awesome. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out for people, I've been listening to a lot of books and magazine articles, and there are two services I want to uh, kind of point out. One is Autumn, A-U-D-M, which the New York Times just acquired. And I have been a subscriber to this service. It's like 6 or $7 a month. I've been a subscriber for over a year. And Ooh. basically what it is is that it's like Audible, but for – um, like long form, um, like uh, web and magazine content. So, you know, big articles from New York Magazine or The New Yorker or uh, Vanity Fair or, uh, you know, uh, New York Times Magazine or, you know, Esquire and uh, or BuzzFeed News, lots and lots of other places are part of this. You can listen um, to the articles being read to you and they're read by actual professional narrators. So, <sighs> the way, the, the reason I love it is that people who, if you listen to a lot of audiobooks, you know these voices because these are people who are some of the best narrators like in the the audiobook um uh like industry i guess at, 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 so so it is so and and they get the stuff out uh relatively quickly you know like usually like oftentimes sometimes even like the day that an article goes up and and it's a great way to consume content and the new york times just bought it it'll be interesting to see what they do with that but what i love about it is that it's combination. There are a couple of services that try to do this, but most of them are either machine translated or if they do have like human narrators, 
they're not professional in this way. They're they're not people who've won. I think they call them like golden voice oh, awards wow. or, or whatever. So these are like really, really good people, like literally like the top of like, you know, of the people who do audiobook readings. And then the content is great too. So this is how I keep up with a lot of News and magazine articles and other things because it's really interesting to just say, okay, I have an hour to listen to some to a really long article from the New Yorker rather than you know read it, um, especially at night. It's a really good thing, so I love that. Uh, so Autumn A U D M, and the other thing is Scribd S C R I B D. They are they started out as like a PDF host. and they kind of have transitioned into they sell um, you know ebooks and audiobooks and stuff like that. I have never subscribed to their service because even though the, the, the price is, is not that much and they claim it's unlimited, I don't really know what unlimited is, <laughs> but they have a thing where right now you can sign up without using a credit card and get 30 days of their um, like unlimited service for free. And they have a ton of audiobooks. So like I have an Audible subscription, but I don't want to maybe burn one of my monthly Audible credits on jessica simpson's memoir just saying <laughs> why I bought, not I bought, well i bought the i bought the kindle version right i bought the book i just am like okay i there are so many things i would like to listen to audio wise do i want to use this credit I, I i don't know so that is on scripty service the exact same audiobook now the one downside okay you can listen to it in an um uh, like a phone or an ipad app you can also listen to it on the web but there's not an offline way of listening to it on the web like you can't download uh the the audiobook um i'm assuming for drm purposes but it is like a good way of just being like i've added a bunch of books that some of them i already have in my kindle library but i didn't necessarily want to either pay to get it on audible or burn a credit like i said to use. There are a bunch of other, you know, they have tons of, of uh, you know, um, regular novels and, and nonfiction books that if you don't want to listen to as well, but for a month for free without having to actually enter in a credit card, I'm I'm a fan of that. So I, I would recommend both Autumn and Scribd's, um, you know, uh, like risk-free, no credit card trial as a way to just, you know, listen to stuff because that's, that it's for me, especially being cooped up in the fact that I'm now feeling like I'm staring at a screen even longer than I usually do. Yeah. It's much better if I can just kind of listen to something. I, I find that that helps me a lot. So yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. What about you, Brie? Uh, so I, I have to admit, I've enjoyed a lot of parts of this, uh, of the lockdown in the fact that I feel like I'm talking and communicating with my husband so much more. Like both of us have careers and, it's easy to get lost in them playing with my dogs more. I mean, there, there, there's a silver lining in this hell we find ourselves in. Uh, but oh, something has changed in the way I've been spending my evenings is I've been playing a lot of uh, board games with my, with my husband. I was never really that into board games. I've always focused on video games, but, um, I bought uh, one called Star Wars Armada a while back, and it is excellent. It's basically a miniatures game where you have the uh, the capital ship fights Ooh. of uh, the Star Wars universe. So you buy like a super star destroyer and take it against a Mon Calamari cruiser. It is a phenomenally deep tactical game. It's amazing. Um, so from there, I started going to myself, well, this is Fantasy Flight's game. If this is this good how good are the rest of their board games? Um, Christina, do you remember a video game that came out? I think it was in the late 90s or early nils. It was called Star Wars Rebellion. Do you remember that I at do. all? I do. I do, actually. So this was, it was 
just an amazing game that I was obsessed with. Uh, and it's, it's, it's basically taking the galactic civil war and you're playing as either the empire or the rebel alliance. And the goal of the empire is to find the rebels hidden base. And the goal of the rebellion is basically uh, stall and survive until the galaxy like overthrows the empire. Uh, Fantasy flight turned that into a board game. They so damn fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. It is the tensest two hours you will ever play where you are doing missions and trying desperately to go through the, the galaxy and take over planets and find this base. And then the other player is sabotaging your stuff and trying to blow up your death star and to make the rebellion go faster. It is, it, it is even like, you know, a great game where after it's over and you've won that you sit there and you're talking to the other player about why you won or lost for hours afterwards. Uh, so Star Wars Rebellion is $80. If you have a significant other there, I cannot recommend it highly enough. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds Wonderful really good. Way to, again, use your brain. Um, hey. Also, I won. I oh, win okay. Okay, good. Good, good. <laughs> uh, I will probably not be able to say the same thing about Subterfuge when our game wraps in. I want to play this. Now. I, I, th- I almost feel like we should have like a rocket. Yes. Like, Once round I of, recover of from Polygon subterfuge, that's I am what I was saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say like like I, I, I don't I don't want to force you to do two at the same time, but I feel like once you are once it's over and you've recovered, I feel like we should have a rocket. Yeah, I'm going to uh, send version. you guys a screenshot of what I'm freaking dealing with right now in terms of submarine movement. <laughs> this hell that I lead. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey Brianna, what are you doing this week? Uh, I am raising money. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that's exciting about my campaign is our digital team is literally some of the best in the business. Um, we we can run circles around Lynch all day long on uh, digital stuff. So uh, I am sitting here, and my goal right now is to raise money to let the digital team do hyper targeted ads to make up for the fact that I can't hold town calls or canvas or do anything else right now. Um, one of the advantages of the Democratic primary is I now have hyper targeted data Ooh. about which districts to hit. So, like, I believe in Medicare for all. So I can go look at the exact voting precincts that voted overwhelmingly for Bernie or Elizabeth Warren and can dump money in there. That's and cool. It's it's highly effective. Um, so, you know, basically every $20 we raise means I can hit 100, uh, 1,000 voters. Uh, and, you know, then it's producing the ads. So um, that is my job this week. And I... I really mean this. Why I've, I've been so inspired by this. Everybody wants to come together with coronavirus. So I've been calling our, our supporters and being like, look, this is really hard on my campaign. I can't go do my job right now. Can you step up and help us? And people have been overwhelmingly great. So uh, many of them are rocket listeners. Thank you very much for that. But that's what I'm doing this week. That's really cool. Yep. Christina, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I'm um, doing the the remote work thing. I'm trying. So it's 
everybody's doing the remote work thing and everybody's trying to get into like uh, virtual video and, and virtual events stuff. And so uh, with that, with the airline situation, with just general, you know, stores and retailers having issues, um, it, that's actually putting a slight hamper in uh, trying to get certain like video equipment, which is an interesting challenge. Um, so, you know, I'm playing around with the stuff that I have, trying to get a, a green screen in um, by, uh, by Saturday, um, because they've like the good ones have been sold out everywhere, but I got like one that I can mount to my wall that I can just pull down, um, that should be here by Saturday, which will be good. And, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to work, working on a lot of, you know, um, uh, documentation and other things for work. We're trying to kind of figure out like how we do what we do. Um, which a lot of my job traditionally involves travel and public speaking. And so it's, but okay, how do we adapt that to the online space, which is obviously possible, but it just remi- requires a little bit of a rethink. So working on that, and I'm hoping to, I'm going to clean my office this week so that I can actually <laughs> make it an appropriate studio to be used, you know, so that I can record my YouTube videos and other stuff without it being the, like, you know, like, like hellscape that it is right now. <laughs> That's you me yeah, back. that's great. I think we're we're doing we're all doing similar things. Brian just installed a green screen in his apartment today, and it, it really it looks good, even though it's just like a, a sheet and a couple um, umbrella lights. So I'm excited to see what you come up with. Uh, what am I doing? I am moving back to my apartment from the quarantine B and B, and I'm conti- I'm writing a script about Animal Crossing, which hopefully will be done this week. It will be done this week. It's my job to get it done this week. Ha ha ha. And playing subterfuge, which is taking up roughly 95% of my processing power. Looks like I need an upgrade. Hey, you can find me online at doomquasar on Twitter and at youtube.com slash polygon. Christina, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at film underscore girl on uh, the uh, Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find my videos for work, which I will actually have one that's going to go up this week at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Um, just uh, like fair warning, my green screen will not be here when I record the first one. And so it's going to be like that. It's going to be a little more uh, raw. But, Rustic. Uh, that, that, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially since I'm gonna have to like uh, clean my office uh, to the to the extent that I can to uh, get it done. But yeah, um, so yeah, youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer Film underscore Girl, and I would share my like Switch online code, but I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I don't think right now. You've shared it with <laughs> the only person who matters, which is me, Brianna. Is what true. are you? Where are you? Where Where are you well, online? Unlike Christina, if you want my uh, switch friend code, uh, send me a Twitter DM. I check all of them. Um, I will evaluate your Twitter history, and uh, but I've never I've never talked or met someone that listens to Rocket that I haven't been like. You're okay. You should be better friends. So it's because so. I can't listen to women talking for that long. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can see me online at uh Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine, uh, or uh 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 developer Brianna Wu on Facebook. Also, I have some news, you guys. I this week made I am now officially officially for the record books, the eighth fastest player in the entire world at Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <gasps> the eighth fastest in the entire world. 
and it took so many thousands of tries. I can tell you everything about that game. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to crack the top third soon. So stay tuned on that. Congratulations. Wow. That's amazing. So so um, I'm assuming that for the records to count, like you have to play on like original hardware or whatnot. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, what type of TV are you using? Because that's really interesting to me. Like, yes. what, like, uh, what sort of TV set you're using on for this? So, eventually, the, God, this is we could do a whole show. Um, the equipment speedrunners have to have. So, to be very quick, uh, I'm going to buy a CRT soon at some point because that is the fastest yes. way to run this. I'm running an original, um, an original SNES. I don't play on my analog as much as I love it because, you know, they they would do anything to discount a woman winning a speed running record. So I have to stay hyper legit. Um, I'm streaming it to my MacBook and I'm using a, um, an upscaling box called the retro tink. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard of that. It's great. Uh, you just hook S video into it and it spits it out. Um, and it's a great setup. And my time of beating super Mario two with princess peach is about 10 minutes and 19 seconds from beginning to end, which is a crazy fast thing. That's that's nuts. And with Princess Peach, who we've discussed this before, we won't belabor listeners, but this is so funny to me because she is your favorite character. Yeah. And she is my least favorite character in that game. Like, I, I think she's like the worst but also, I think that's a really good challenge. Like for me, that she would be the hardest one to speed run with. Well, she she, you're right that uh, like Toad's speed run. I believe it's a it's a couple minutes faster. Mm-hmm. Peach is able to break the game in a lot of different ways. Like Peach, it makes the potion warp easiest. So I mean, we could talk high level mechanics here, but she's better and worse in different ways. Interesting. All right. Hey, wow! If you like the show. You should leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's really helpful for us. We really appreciate uh, everyone who takes the time to do that. Leave it a star rating if you so desire. If you don't have time to write a full thousand word review, as is, of course, encouraged heavily by myself (laughs) for Apple Podcasts. Paragraph breaks, five, you know, paragraph essay format, um, that kind of deal. You know, thesis, strong thesis, carry it through to the end. I want to see it come back at the end. I want to know really, like, I want you to justify why mm-hmm. this is a good show. But, you know, that aside, um, I do grade on a curve. I've been called <laughs> harsh before, but I prefer to think of myself as fair. So thank you, everyone, for attending. This episode of Rocket is terminated. <laughs> terminated. Terminated. <laughs> <laughs>